We are a new community. We are called to be a people of grace. We are made up of every tribe and tongue. This is Race and Grace, a preaching series from New Community Church. So we are currently in our Race and uh, Grace series. Guys, thank you so much for joining me as we carry on the conversation of stories of race and grace and community and hope. Um, kind of my hope for this series, the, the reason we're talking about this is that uh, I want to see and would love to see the church move beyond where we currently are. Um, as I've said lots and lots of times, we're a kind of church that, or I feel that we should be the church that is a prophetic statement now of what is one day to come. And we read in uh, Revelation 5 and Revelation 7 of the great multitude from every tribe and every tongue. And uh, gathered around, they're all gathered around the throne, worshiping Jesus in perfect unity, but also great diversity. I love the bit in, in Revelation 21, where it talks of the new Jerusalem. And it says in verse 23, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives its light and its lamp is the lamb. By its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And then verse 26 says, they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, of the peoples of the world. And just that incredible picture of great unity, but also a celebration of incredible diversity, all the wonderful parts of every culture redeemed. And that's our future. That's where we're heading. And we supposed to be a statement prophetically of what that is. And obviously we can't do it perfectly, but as imperfectly as we can, um, we should be increasingly that kind of church. And so I wanna kind of pick up the conversation really and to have an honest conversation. If we're gonna get there, we probably need to talk honestly about where we've come from and also where we are now. Um, so let's share our experiences and, and, and talk about what next, where we go. So. Yeah, thank you, James. Um, I came to the UK about 27 years ago. I was born in Nigeria, um, lived all my life there, did uni. And then I arrived here after getting married. And so, yes, it was a, a very different um, experience for me because coming from where everybody was like me, I came to where I was, um, yeah, very different. So it was a, it was a, a time of adjusting. And um, I'm a pharmacist, so I, uh, it, it took a while to, to adjust, obviously, um, at work. And um, my experiences as a, as a black woman working in a, in a pharmacy that's very busy, it's, um, yeah, you still get uh, a few comments. I've had some clients come in sometimes and say, you know, who's the pharmacist on today? Is it a black lady? Um, yeah, which is, it's, you get used to these things. Or somebody actually said, oh, is it the colored lady um, at a time? But it was a very old man. So that was, um, you just, you just um, smile because you know that it's just a bit of ignorance. Uh, so, but most of the time it's okay, but you do notice that you're different. And when you're working in a, um, in a profession that lots of people around you, management, they're white and you're the only black woman, you stand out all the time and you learn um, to carry yourself and to, to just do what you need to do basically. And so going church-wise, we were in a redeemed Christian church of God for a number of years, which is a black majority Nigerian church, um, because that's all we knew and everybody was like us, but uh, my husband and I, we had a passion. Um, we knew that church wasn't supposed to be for people exactly like you. Church is diverse, it's beautiful, 
it should be a display of God's creation. And so um, we were hungry for more. And so we left a black majority church and we um, ventured into a, a Baptist church to Southwith, um, which was a very funny experience. I'm not going to go into that today. Um, but we were, that didn't display the diversity we were looking for because we were the youngest in there and we knew that wasn't right. And so our kids were getting older. We wanted them to know that God was for everybody. And so we were looking for a diverse church. And so we, we, we um, looked online. We found New Community Church. And we came here about 15 years ago. And it wasn't diverse at all. Um, because we were the only black family. And there was another black person um, in the congregation. But um, we felt something here. There was a vision, there was a passion to see diversity, even though it wasn't obvious there yet. And so we, we, we started coming. And my experience as a black woman in a white majority church was, um, how can I describe it? <laughs> it was, um, all I can say, I needed to adjust a lot. Because coming from where everybody knew you to a place where you were the minority again, um, it was hard. But... Um, you ha I had a conviction, we had a conviction as a family that God wanted us to be here. And so we persevered and we, we continued coming and um, thank God it's a different story today. Wow, that's so good. What, what, it's been your experience, things? Um, so I, I was born in England, grew up in Lewisham. Um, my parents are both Zambian. Um, and so the church that I sort of grew up in was majority, it was a majority Ugandan church, so everybody was black. Maybe there was one or two white people, but that's the sort of church that I grew in, grew up in. And a lot of times in black churches, culture comes into church life. So you've got, you're going to church and you're enjoying it, but because culture is so strong, there are things that get infused into church life. So whether that's where you sit when you go to church, the front row is reserved for the pastor and his yeah. wife. Do not try <laughs> and do anything about that. Yeah. You might see someone holding the pastor's Bible, but that's because um, in our culture, there's a lot of respect for people who are in authority. Mm. So for me, that wouldn't be something that was shocking to see the, the pastor having his Bible carried to the pulpit or someone giving him water mid-preach, like totally normal because in culture, you would do things like that for someone who's older than you, you would have respect for them. Um, but yeah, like Yemi, growing up in the UK, I think people, I think there's a different, you, you're obviously different. I think with different types of people, you, I don't know how to explain it, but when it comes to race, there's something which is obvious and you can't change it. It's, people see it before they even hear you. So they don't know where you are from and they might assume you're from somewhere. So I've had an experience before when I was at uni and I was learning to drive and my instructor said to me, in the UK, we drive on and then explained the side of the road. And I was like, oh, okay, oh, I'm from Lewisham. And he was just like, oh, so, so how long, when did you first come? And I'm like, when I was born, <laughs> like I'm literally from here. So you do get comments which are quite, they're not, they're not malicious, they're not you know, filled with hatred, but they're ignorant. Mm -hmm. And it only takes a, a small Google to find out the answer. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I grew up in a majority black church and then I went to uni and I lived in a predominantly white area of Bournemouth. Um, and church, I, was, I found something that was comfortable for me. I found the closest Nigerian church. I'm not Nigerian, but I was like, I feel like I'm at home. Um, whether the teaching was good or not, I was like, I'm going. <laughs> How at big least was it? it? Um, it was really small and it was in a hotel. Uh, 
but it was a couple of families and there was Joloff every Sunday. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm in, I don't even care what they're preaching. <laughs> but as I got older, I realised it was important to have like um, sound doctrine, sound teaching. Um, and my aunt actually invited me to New Community. So when I came like two years ago now, I think, I'm not sure, really bad at maths. But when I did come two years ago, um, the first thing I noticed was the preaching was like really like heavy in theology. So I was like, I'd like to see more of this. And also, as soon as I stepped through the door, even though I am not white or, you know, from Sidcup, I didn't grow up here, I felt community. As soon as I walked through the door, I felt accepted and I didn't know a single person. And so I kept coming back and I got plugged in. Um, and I think it's, a, it's a, a tribute to the church. Obviously, no one's perfect. There's not a perfect church, but there are many things that New Community does well, and that's make people feel a part of the community, whether they're from Lewisham or Essex or High Wycombe. It doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, that's my experience. I agree. I think I think that's one thing New Community does really, really well. Actually, it is you know you when we first arrived, we obviously we came through the backside. We obviously were late and um, <laughs> first time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and, and, and we, we loved it from the moment we walked in. I mean, the background is we'd, we'd come from a central London church where it was a bit more conservative, but actually it was not as diverse as you would want it to be because, I, and I guess it's a similar reason, because there were so many different churches that everyone congregated into their own, you know, their regional churches. And it just felt that we, we, we were very inwardly focusing. Um, and actually we loved New Community, we arrived and, we, we, you know, from the moment we arrived, actually, there was there was just a sense of comfortability. There was no, there was no difference. There was no, no one felt awkward because they came from a different part of London or a different part of the country or a different part of the world. It, it just felt normal. And for us, that's important because we're we're not from here. So for us, it was just natural. Um, and for that, I mean, we really enjoyed that. And it was never a problem for us. And actually, the background of all of this is, in my experience, I, I mean, I came back in two thousand and three odd. When I was all of 16, it was in a boy in a British boarding school where I was one of three non-white kids, uh, all on scholarships. Um, and, and, and you could tell that you know, there, was, there was a certain view and people just weren't necessarily used to kids of, of, of a different color or, or language. And, and so initially it was quite hard, but actually after a while you realize, you know, we're all the same, we're all in it. When the electricity goes, everyone's stuck without power. And when the food is not as good, we're all out at, at, the, at the pizza place trying to get pizza at the same time. And so you, you get with that and it changes. And then, and then went to uni in Newcastle, which is like a whole world away from that. Mm. Um, but again, a different part of the country, which is, you know, and has a different approach to it. Again, you went back into your circles, went, went and found, actually, as it turns out, an African church, again, a Ugandan family. Um, and then, and, but then slowly again realized, actually, this is quite limiting and, and felt that, that, that God's purpose should be more than just, you know, limiting by that. Um, and then through friends, we ended up at quite a, a, a big church, but an old Anglican church. Um, and even there, like I think, I think because in Newcastle there's 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 some very big um, regional groups that come there. They they actually they they split up their teams and focused on 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 specific people from different parts of the world by having leadership from that part of the world to connect with those groups. 
I don't know if that was intentional, but that's kind of how it worked out in, in the community group. So we ended, I ended up getting, getting picked up by the, by the subcontinental team. <laughs> but it was fun, and it meant that we also, you're right, we had food. Food is a theme that brings us all together. And when you're a student, you know, A, you, you want to eat initially, and then two, you want to contribute, you know, you, so you hone your skills. So the reason my wife, uh, you, know, we, 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 you know, I cook really well is because of that. I keep telling my wife that anyway. Um, but yeah, so, so my experience is, is different. And then coming to London, again, it's, it's, a, it's nothing surprising as long as you embrace it. And it's really obvious, you know, when, when someone has a, an awkwardness around it. But actually, the, the key is, is in this day and age not to alienate people you know who are a little uncomfortable, like you said, older people especially. You know, if really old people especially, and you're like, you try and help them across the road and, and they'll be like, no, thank you, I'm perfectly fine. Mm. And you're like, it's raining, mm. and let me help you. And, and, and they'll be like, no, it's perfectly fine. But then, you know, mm. um, and then different cultures take it different ways. Like, uh, you're right, older cultures, like older, um, like some, some people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll have the umbrella and you can carry my Bible while I'm at it. Mm. And others will be like, no, no, I'm perfectly fine. So it varies, um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think it's very exciting that we're actually talking about um, this the new community church because I think we have moved forward um, quite a bit over the past years but there's still a long way to go and I think race is a very sensitive subject and lots of people actually shy away from talking about it because you don't want to say the wrong thing you don't know if you're going to upset somebody by saying something so but I think getting the conversation going not just because we're doing a three-week series um, but making it a part of a lifestyle um, talking about it and getting comfortable talking about it, I think is very, very important. And I think also it's very important to have a conviction about what we're talking about. This is not because James is saying, oh, come on, guys, we want to build a, build a diverse church or because we're doing a three-week series. It's actually everybody needs to go back to the Bible and find out the reason why this is a God thing. Because if you don't understand it's a God thing, you're going to really struggle um, because trying to build bridges across cultures is not easy. Um, but when you are convinced that it's God's heart, then you are able to overcome all the obstacles. You're able to ignore whatever people say to you. Um, you're just able to move on because in your heart, you know, this is, you're doing what God wants you to do. And you're not doing it to please anybody, but because you're actually convinced that this is God's heart. Yeah. I think that's a real... That, that, that for me is the journey that personally I've been on. I lived in multicultural places and in Bradford and other places, so kind of used to that sense, but actually um, that's not it at all. It's reading the word and seeing where we've come from and where we're going that is the most important thing. There's deep conviction because it's so easy to retreat into the familiar of just what you know and spend time with people who are like you. So the question I, I've got really is that We've kind of, um, I think, theologically speaking, got this conviction. Mm -hmm. And we've got, because of the gospel, you're my brother, you're my sisters, we're family. Mm -hmm. But how do we move, take that next step to move beyond that just being something we say and all nod our heads and agree with on a Sunday mm -hmm. and move to the next step? We've come a long way, but we've got a lot further to go. So how do you reckon we move beyond just saying we're family to being it? I think through relationship but genuine authentic relationship and not being afraid that you don't have anything in common with somebody else just because of how they they look um and we had a conversation at our youth festival this summer and i just said um you've got more in common with this person because of christ 
than some of your own family members. Like, there is so much that you actually, if you had conversations about it and spoke, and you might even have similar, like, interests in life, but I think having Christ at the centre have, gives you something to talk about anyway. If you had nothing to talk about, you could be like, what do you think about Revelation? <laughs> so um, I think building relationships and being intentional about keeping those up and not just doing it because there is a three-week series, um, finding out what that person's going through, what stage are they at, at life, in life, sorry. Um, I'm walking alongside them and I've seen it be done. Like, it is so possible... There's so many friendships you actually see if you go to 10am or Welling or Eltham. And you're like, this doesn't happen outside. I mean, it might, but this doesn't happen outside. So um, readily available, I guess. Mm. And another example would be um, at Six O'Clock Church, sometimes people will go to the pub after the service. Um, and there was a lady who's like a Sidcup local. And she came over to the table and she was like, what is going on here? And we were like just hanging out and she was like, I have been in Sidcup my whole life and I've never seen multicultural, different people from races hanging out in this pub. Mm. She was just like, what, what kind of weird thing is this? And we were like, <laughs> oh, we go to church. And she was like, I knew it. Like, <laughs> but even like making an impact in the community, we're all together at that table because we all go to church and we all um, have Jesus in common. And I think that was an amazing example for her to see. She doesn't even know that she's just w witnessed the gospel in a practical way. Mm. Um, so I think relationships. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I think we have to be intentional. Um, these things, they, just, they don't just happen by accident. And I think that's what I found in my experience. I remember when you first um, came here um, so many years ago, and, I, and after the service, I would just run off into the car and sit there. And my husband would be having conversations with people, and I thought, I can do this. Um, and I did that for actually a few probably almost a year, I was just, I could not handle it because it was so hard. I said, what am I going to say to people? Where do I start from? I don't get their jokes. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, it was, honestly. Small talk is really it's, hard. It's, yeah, yeah, I can't do small talk. I'm just a person that just goes for the juggler. I don't, <laughs> do, I don't, I don't know this. Uh, yeah. So I said, I mean, I had to come to a decision and, and uh, the Holy Spirit really challenged me and said, what are you going to do? Are you part of this church? or you are not part of this church. You need to make a choice. Are you going to build friendships here? Are you going to carry on with your friendships from your other church? And I said to myself, I'm here. I'm here because God's called us here. And there's a reason why we're here. And so I braved it. We were in Crownwoods School, and I used to sit next to two, uh, two ladies almost every Sunday, and they were white. And I said, and I don't drink coffee. I said, should we meet for coffee? <laughs> what is that about? I have water or tea. Or tea. Yeah. And so that's how I started. We just met up in Costa a few times. And before I knew it, these this two people, they're still my very close friends today. And it's just an intentional, actually, I'm going to target this person. Yeah. I'm going to say, come on, guys. Let's meet for coffee. And praying together. Most of my very good friends now, the bonding happened when we prayed together. We just meet together, have a coffee, have a chat, and just pray together afterwards. There's something that prayer does. It just breaks down those barriers. And before you know, you just you gel together. So it's been intentional. Target people. You're not going to be friends with the whole church, but two, three people, aim for them. Invite them out for coffee, even if you don't drink coffee. Invite them into your home. Just build genuine relationship. And it starts from there, and, be, and from there you begin to talk about difficult things, understand the other person's view, and then you're able to do it better with almost everybody. That's my experience.
So you were really intentional about saying, okay, I need to change. How, how do you go about helping people see, I don't just mean you personally, but how do we go about helping people see that prejudice exists in each of our hearts? Whenever we come across against, come up with people who are different from us, there is, there, there is the potential for prejudice there. How do we address that, help people see it and help people sort it in a good, godly, Christian way? I mean, there's two approaches. One is we, it should start in our own homes and, and in the way we deal with our families and what we tell them behind closed doors, what we tell our kids is, is you know, we, we should bring down those barriers. Mm -hmm. And because uh, as they grow up, those only become higher and higher, those barriers. But when it comes to in a church setting, it's, it's all about bringing, be putting people in the same room, making them, you know, making them realize that they are valued, that they, their opinions, there's no wrong answer to something. It's, and, and I think we covered it earlier, it's, it's, Whereas some people and, and some and, and certain parts of the demographic or where people come from, they you're right, they they want to be leaders, so they'll they'll end up at the front of the queue, but there'll be others who'll stay back but will be just as brilliant, but they'll need coaxing into it or, or encouragement or or just to be told, actually, you know what, you still matter. You know, you may not have the loudest voice here, but you know, that's so it's I think having the right leadership in the room, which helps you understand and spot that and and, and, and be able to, to coax and to get those, those themes out helps um, to bring people. But I do think just having that shared experience, you know, having people, especially in, in the church environment. I remember I grew up in a, in a church in, in rural Africa and as, as the only family that was non-black in that instance. And, and my dad being obviously the kind of guy who would turn up with a massive Bible and sit in the front and we had to sit in line with them. And... Um, and so everyone knew that in, in my, my brother who was four years younger than me was in a different Sunday school class, but he, you know, whichever, when you look back at the photos, there's like mm. everyone the same color, and then there's a tall, big, fat kid, me, at the back mm. of a different color. Mm. But you learn to appreciate that, um, and you realize actually that it's a, it's a shared experience, and, and those, those, and I still keep in touch with them today. They're like mm. brothers. Um, and, 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 and actually, what I realize is, is in, in, in our youths, to bring people together is to, is to make, you know, in that old, that old phrase, you walk up a mile in, in someone's skin and you realize mm -hmm. what they're, from their point of view. But after a while, you realize all of us are the same. Mm -hmm. And we have the same experience, the same disappointments, the same requirement for security, but also people just can, can you know, retrie retrieve into their shell. And so you just need to connect. That's why you're right. Mm -hmm. The moment you make an effort, there's a payback because suddenly people realize actually there's a community and, uh, and someone listening and someone with a similar feeling. Yeah, I think being in community helps with that um, because then you can, you have to be open and honest and talk about these things. I think there's, as every, each one of us, we have some form of prejudice or, or the other, um, but it's being able to address them and being able to actually admit to them. And, but you can only find out the real truth by being in a relationship, and that comes from being in community. So when you get to know people, you realize that actually my preconceived idea was not actually right, and you start to correct them. But it can only happen as we rub against one another in relationship, because that's how you begin to identify. Because sometimes you don't know what's in your heart until you're actually put into the same with somebody that's different from you, and then all these things start to come up. So but how do you address the truth, and how do you put down the lie? So it's actually being in a relationship and somebody, hopefully in the community, there'll be people with experiences, different experiences you can share 
sort of challenge one another, encourage one another, and hopefully we can we can get over those prejudices. Yeah, I think being self-aware is so important. So knowing, like knowing who you are, but also the things that are inside you that you don't want anyone at church to know. I think it's important to go to God. Yeah. Um, go before God with those things and be like God knows everything he already knows that kind of stuff about you anyway but maybe asking God to reveal the stuff that's in your heart that you didn't even realise that was there so that by the time you get to have conversations with people that are going to be quite tricky or difficult God's already started to do that work in you um, and just being yeah reflective on maybe the way that I approach this person, why did I approach them like that? Why did I speak to that person like that? Is there something that's happened maybe in my past when I was younger and now I'm treating this person like this because of that? Um, I think, yeah, it's just really important to be sort of self-aware and understand where those those hints of, like, prejudice come from. It all has a root. Um, so just knowing what that root is and then going before God and being like, I'm so aware that... I'm a little bit trash when it comes to this area. Please, can you help me? Because I want to love my brothers and sisters. And also, I don't know how to do it. Because you can't admit that you know how to do it. Sometimes people might not be able to um, change straight change. away. Yeah. So just being like pretty aware that I've still got this issue. I've had it about five years. Please help me to work on it. Help me to love my brother and sister like you love them. Um, I, think, I would say. So just... Just moving the conversation to um, not just on individuals. So we've all agreed relationships, listening, um, addressing your own heart and being honest with people and developing relationships. Uh, so just, uh, I guess, being white and being the leader of the church and, and a majority culture, whether in each venue it's numerically, that is neither here nor there, a majority culture in one sense. Um, conscious they don't want to create a scenario where it seems like if you are not white you have to do this because you have to be the ones who need to ch address this and recognising that actually there is a big responsibility for majority culture in one sense as well to make a big shift it's not just hey you're welcome here if you jump over these hurdles come, thank you come into our church yeah. it's wonderful to have people different in our church it's none of we're all the, biblically we're all the outsiders mm -hmm. we've all been invited in but what are some of the things at a big culture level perhaps uh, leadership level <laughs> starting with myself and others that um, perhaps could make a difference so that it's not just the onus on on people who are not white individually you've got to do this you've got to do this you've got to do this anything you guys want to say having people who are black asian i don't know eastern european in positions where you can see them it's quite obvious maybe the welcome team or someone who's up on stage hosting i know it's already been done but i think in roles where there is like obvious leadership seeing um seeing uh, different types of people on the stage represented because i know a lot of people feel they won't get involved with something if they don't feel like they've been represented. They automatically think, this is not for me. Um, if you see, I don't know, a video and there's just a whole load of white people, you think, can I actually go? And it, it could be like a genuine, am I accepted there? And obviously it, it might not be the case, but I think just having different types of people from different places in spaces where you can see them and even where you can't see them, even if it was like the PA team or um, you know, behind the scenes editing, I think having obvious signs that this church 
believe we do what we say and we believe it and we act it we act on it um and i think again educating conversations having books available for people who maybe don't understand majority african culture where we've come from how church is done the fact that we might sing louder than everyone else and it's just like this is actually quite low <laughs> I, I didn't even realise that this level is low or like I'm going to run around the church I'm, I'm, I feel the need to do it but I can't because I feel like everyone's going to watch me and you think can what run you're doing. whenever you want you can run whenever you want next Sunday next Sunday <laughs> yeah I think uh, just it really does boil down to communication and communicating that this is where I've come from this is my story this is my journey um, what's your journey okay I don't think you're understanding where I'm coming from and really having those awkward conversations of what you said wasn't right, I don't think you understand. And then trying to resolve it at the end so that it's not just left of, you've said what you need to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I've said what I need to say, this is how I feel about me. I don't know how you can have that conversation where it's all tied in and it's like an ongoing discussion. But I think definitely being made aware of how other, ch how other races do church life being aware of how church around the world works. New Community isn't the only church format, and I think a lot of people may feel, if they've been in church a long time, that this is the only way to serve Jesus and love God. And God is really pleased with me because I, I do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think representation is a, is a huge, word. huge thing. Um, and I think everybody likes to go somewhere where you feel, actually, yes, I'm represented here. It makes you feel part of what's going on and it makes you feel a sense of belonging. So I think it's very crucial that from the, from the leadership, every leadership level, there should be good representation of the population of the church. And so people are coming in and they're looking on Sundays, okay, look, okay, the elders the leaders, community leaders, websites, what different faces are there, colored faces are there, worship team, there needs to be good representation there. Even the kids' work, the children's work, every level of church life, there has to be good representation because if we are indeed a diverse church, it should shine through every level of what we're doing. So it's down to the leadership to actually be talking about these things, not just once in a while, but just like talking, helping us to see the need for each one of us to play our part because this is our father's house. And if it's truly your father's house, do you want to feel comfortable not playing your part? Mm -hmm. And so it's down to each one of us to actually begin to own this. It's not down to James or the eldership team. It's each of us saying, actually, this is my father's house. And if it is, I have a part to play and I'm going to play my role. And so when we start, everybody starts doing that, then every level of church life, that is a good representation of the population of the church. Mm -hmm. I think you made a good point about worship as well. If there were different uh, ways that people worshipped were celebrated a lot more. So if there was a Sunday or... I That's a good idea. <laughs> actually, now that you think about it. Let's, yeah. sing, let's sing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like a set, a set list of just... It could be mixed in. So, you know, one or two songs from Hillsong in the 90s. Because I'm sure a lot of people, yeah. you know, they really dig that. That's and then really, you've got really good idea. a few You know the difference songs. because sometimes someone will sing from the back of the hall and you know yeah, and you're like, it's mm. an old school <laughs> song. It. And it's like... I have, since being at New Community, increased my repertoire of old school songs that I've never heard before. Oh, someone's bringing a unique contribution. Oh, no, it's a song from the 80s. Yeah, literally. So good. Because a lot of uh, race, com conversations around race are also sort of linked to music and, and expression. 
how you express yourself yes. and you could you can you can feel like you're not a part of the community because you're not able to sorry express the way God's created you to express mm. so it, it could even be down to the way bible studies are run or the way the worship is on a Sunday or the the kids work I don't know but yeah. creative expression and obviously God is a creative God and he's made us all unique so it's good to celebrate the different um strands of yes. creativity through worship and race like how creative is God to make us all different races yeah. wow Cool, isn't it? Yeah, exciting. It's true, and and but anatomically no different, at least within one or two percent of each other. <laughs> yeah, this side of the table has no idea what you're talking about. There. Keep your science stuff over there. Yeah. Um, no, but it's 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 a good point actually that you make, and it's interesting because, like, so so again, where where I come on that spectrum is we come from the other end, which is more reserved, conservative. We wouldn't necessarily have instruments, for example. We would have singing, a cappella singing. So, so I can appreciate. Suddenly, I have a sudden appreciation of of the balance you have to pull as leadership, you know, to to find the limit. But I, like I said, I've never felt that I couldn't if I didn't want to suddenly sing, you know, some really old school song, "Lily of the Valley" or something. Mm. <laughs> you see, James. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think it's gonna it's gonna take a a bit of a risk taking. And I think maybe that's not one thing we're very good at. We like to do things that we're used to doing or things that we know work. So how are people going to take it? And I think over the years, we've probably done that. We just do what we know to do. But I think we've now moved to a stage whereby we need to be trying new things. And our worship leaders probably need to learn new styles of music, of Thank God, things have really changed. We, I know sometimes I'm really digging it on Sunday because, wow, you can actually dance and not jump to the music, which is great. <laughs> but well, the thing is, what, what, what I've found in New Community Church is that actually God is there. Whatever style of music we are playing, the Holy Spirit is there and we're worshipping Jesus. And, and because of that, it's okay. And everybody just, just flows along. But then there comes a time where we need to grow um, and just try new things, try new things. Um, it doesn't mean, it doesn't have to be every Sunday. Um, there was a, a few years back, we had the International mm. Day. That was a brilliant day, honestly. But we haven't done it since, I don't know why. We did it in Wellington last year. Um, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a wonderful display of beauty of different nations and Different, we sang a, a song in different languages. It was so beautiful. It was just like being in heaven. And that's what we want to see from time to time, just different languages. Maybe somebody reading the passage from a, a different language, just to display the beauty of the culture. We'd have to be clear that that's what we're doing or else someone will try and bring an interpretation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I think that, that's, that's great. So they, super helpful. I think um, one of the things I just want to, kind of ask really is how do we pursue this without it feeling like it's just a project mm -hmm. like or we, we don't want tokenism we don't want um uh, promoting people just because they're the right color of skin yeah. uh, we don't want to do yeah. something yeah they look contrived we don't yeah. want to just have a well once a year we'll sing a song in a different language box ticked how do we move beyond that to genuine representation genuine kind of pursuing other than being biblically convinced and up for taking a risk is there anything we can do individually or corporately i think it's First of all, good to acknowledge how far the church has come. So like Yemi was mentioning, when they first came 
15 years ago, they were the only black family. And thinking about how, how like it, it was a moment where God sort of just placed them and said it was the right time and the right season. And maybe looking at the season ahead, what is God saying? And really trying to pull people into what that looks like and getting people excited for the vision. And I think with that, people will, regardless of where they're from, would, would be interested. But I think in terms of getting people involved, constant discussions, I just think conversation is Talk so key it, yeah. across all levels. Even if if it's in a youth, uh, at youth on a Sunday, if we're talking about it, so that even our young people are like engaged in the conversations. Um, community outreach and having people come in from different backgrounds and different... Speak, you know, we all talk about Bexley and how diverse Bexley is, and how if the church is in Bexley, it would be nice if it represented the people around us yeah. in the community. So, community outreach. Um, I'm just trying to think. Oh, there's so many yeah. things, but I think, yeah, I, celebrating diversity isn't a once a month thing and it's not tokenistic either. It has to be like a sort of heart transformation yeah. Yeah. where you appreciate the differences in people and it doesn't feel like oh yeah and I guess that comes down to individually each one of us taking a look at our circle of friends community influence and saying how many people look exactly like me and if the answer is all of them we probably need to step out of our bubble our comfort zone and pursue those things right and I I think one thing that has, has struck me in this is that you guys were pioneers. You didn't perhaps realise you were at the time, but pioneers and, and kicked down some doors and jumped over yeah. some hurdles and put up imagine, with some yeah. things. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> definitely. Um, and I think it's right that we honour pioneers. There have been others who, have, who pioneer in different ways, but I just wonder whether it's a time to pi- for, for some new pioneers to step mm-hmm. into some new things. We've talked about worship. We've talked about leadership. Mm-hmm. I think we've, people like myself, I, th- I think this is a trait of any leader. Yeah. Uh, you tend to be very good at spotting people who are like you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I need to skill up, and others do as well, in terms of spotting people who are not like me, but at the same time needs to be people from different cultures mm-hmm. and backgrounds who know there's a call of God, who are convinced biblically by this, who know they've got something to offer, to kind of step, be a pioneer, step over a hurdle, mm-hmm. run the risk of feeling, mm-hmm. what, what, will, what happens if it doesn't work out? It's like, well, it, it doesn't work out. <laughs> let's, let's be a pioneer. Time for some new pioneers. Yes, I was just going to say that, yeah, we just, I think each person just needs to make a decision. There's always a choice. And this is, you might have a conviction, you might, if you don't have, if you don't make a choice to do something different, it's always going to be the same. You can't expect a different result if you keep doing the same things. And that's how it works. And I think it, it takes each one of us taking the responsibility to do something different. You might just be sitting somewhere different on a Sunday. Because most Sundays, I bet everybody has their favorite seat next to the, their friends, they even safe the seats for Depends each on other. Exactly, depending on the time they arrive. <laughs> It might just be as simple as that, moving where you sit on a Sunday, sit somewhere different, next somebody different from you, and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Some people, let's be honest, have not spoken to people different from them, and I know that because I've spoken to people, and it's true, even in a church the size of ours, sit somewhere next to somebody you don't. This, during the break, they say to you, speak to somebody next to you. And you're like, then, oh no, oh same no. person. Yeah. <laughs> right, sit, sit somewhere different. And after the service, Honestly, sometimes I look, because that's the way I am, 
because I knew my experience when I first came here, it was difficult for me because people would just go into their groups and then say, oh God, what do I do now? Do I go to um, join the queue for tea? And then maybe somebody will speak to me. That kind of, that's changed. But our groups are the same groups. They're all white, all black, all that. There's no mixing around. We need to not target the same friends after each service. We need to look for people that are different from us and start to make conversation. It's as simple as that. Um, we all need to start to think differently because if we don't think differently and act differently, we're just going to be doing the same thing. So it's not that difficult. Just on Sunday, sit different, sit in a different place. Yeah. And then your community as well. We, some of us need to look at the communities where we're at because if you're not mixing with people outside of the, outside of sun, um, outside of the service on a Sunday, we can't build genuine relationships. So maybe we need to rethink the communities where we're in and go to one that's diverse or be the only person that's different there and, and bring change. But there's just practical things yeah. that we all need to, to do. Yeah, I'm just going to add a sort of a different strand, but I think conversations around um, race obviously can be quite sensitive and mm. quite um like there is there there's so much forgiveness that needs to happen around yeah. topics of mm. of race mm. and I think we it's good to celebrate things that are positive mm. but also to know that some people might not be in the place to mm. to have these conversations because they've been hurt in, mm. in in a church context or in an outside context mm. and I've personally been through stuff where people have said stuff which they should have never said mm. and like things that are like racially not okay but as a christian having so much grace for people it's like the theme that runs through the bible god had grace for us god forgave us and um it's like part of the journey of like forgiving people obviously don't let people take advantage of you and if things are out of line you know call it out when it needs to be called out regardless of what the other person is going to say if, it, if it's wrong it's wrong yeah. um but having the strength and, and it is courage sometimes to forgive so like yeah. knowing that this person might still offend me next Sunday. This person still doesn't understand where I'm coming from. This person is making fun of my accent because I speak like this. I'm still going to give you grace. I don't have to speak to you every Sunday. Probably won't, but we'll love you from afar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sorry, I didn't need to make it funny, but I think, yeah. Gra no, it's a good point. It's, it's tricky and it's, it's tough and it's, there's been so much struggle. People have really like been through some stuff people have fought just yeah. to even get to this point yeah. where we well, can have a conversation like we, this. We know that race, issues to do with race are not just kind of individual and personal, there's also mm -hmm. systemic um, racial injustice yeah. in the UK. We know that, yeah. all the stats and all the rest of it. Um, so how do we play, how, is we, how do we as Christians play a part in addressing injustice in that way? Um, like, I don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on whether we can, should, how? <laughs> it's a huge topic. I guess we. Oh, I guess we start where we're at, right? You see it, you call it out, you own it yeah. what it is. Talk about. I think, it. particularly if you're white, you, there's an importance to not downplay the. Um, to down diminish racism and deny its existence because we can be quick to do that because we don't want to be racist. It's like, oh no, well, no, no, they didn't mean that. They didn't mean that. It's yeah. like, well, they did. That's why they said it. <laughs> they, they might have wished that their mouth didn't speak out yeah. what was going on inside. But it's that kind of even being aware of phrases like, oh no, my neighbour's black. 
it's got nothing to do with me. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Not covering a blanket of like, I know some black people, I, I know some Chinese people. I've never understood why people say that. I have friends who are black. And like, it's, yeah, you can't take, every person is different. And so if you're having an interaction with someone, yeah. understanding them as an individual rather than seeing them as they represent their entire race, they don't. And they might have different views to your friend or your neighbour who is black. And in the same way, you might have a different view to, you know, my colleague at work has a different view to James, who's my pastor. They're both white, but they don't believe in the same uh, things. And I wouldn't assume that they would. So I think taking away those assumptions of like, oh, you must, no, don't, don't, even, don't even go, no. And that comes back to, yeah, relationship, learning and listening, doesn't it? Yeah. Which I think is a common theme in what we've said through all of this. Get to know people who are not like you, listen to their story, like actually listen to them. Um, That walk in people's shoes kind of thing and learn. I think that's one thing, particularly if you're white. It's something that in the last couple of years I've been on a big journey of actually learning some stuff, actually going beyond just sort of, well... We're made in the image of God. Mm. There's salvation for us. We're in Christ. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, that's true, but our experiences to this point have been very different. Mm-hmm. And learning that. Mm. Uh, um, but not being fearful of talking about it. I think particularly if you are white, there's often like ginormous eggshells that you feel like, I can, can I say that? Can I say that? All that kind of stuff. And I know full well if, if you're not white, you feel similar mm. stuff. And it just comes in a slightly different way. But I think there can be... So let's just, with a Christian slant on it, let's just say we're all the same, when quite clearly we're not, and we're not supposed to be. We are unified in Christ, but we are different, and we need to celebrate that diversity a whole lot more. Yeah, agree. Yeah. And I think we probably need to be more um, real with each other, um, because sometimes somebody says something that you know it's not right, but instead of you to say something, you just don't because you don't want to, just don't want to cause a scene or whatever. And like Dings was saying, I think if it's right to call it out, you need to call it out because what that does, it builds up resentment Mm -hmm. and then you begin to just back off from other relationships. Um, So I think it's very important for us to learn. And like we were saying again, James, it's just about relationships and you learn by spending time with people and you say, this is how you say this or how you don't say that. And it's just a, a matter of, and if you say something wrong, it's just being big enough to say, actually, I'm sorry, that came out wrong or I didn't mean it that way. Um, but we just need to be real with one because we can't pretend and these things don't just happen because we're just wishing it to happen. It's, this is real life, dirty stuff that sometimes gets messy, but we just have to learn to deal with whatever comes. But because of that, we're not going to not build relationships because it's going to be messy, but we just have to push through and learn as we go along. Awesome. We, we've, we referenced it already, um, but when, if you and I, I we, we arrived about a year after you, I think, and I, I remember um, you being, the, if your girls were young at the time <laughs> and they're now all grown up. Um, but if I'd said to you 10, 15 years ago, this is where we'll be in 10, 15 years time, I'm not sure either of us would have believed it properly. Um, and so I think where I'm, what I'm excited about is where are we going to be in 10, 15 years time? Like from now, it's not that we want to wait that long, but I feel like we've come on a big journey. Um, I say it because a lot, because it's true, the best is yet to come with an eternal perspective, yes, but also now where we're at so just as we kind of finish what 
what are you uh, encouraged by that you see at the moment and, and kind of what gives you hope for the future? It's the fact that we're talking about it is, is, is a great thing because at the end of the day, if you, if you don't talk about these things, they only create the barriers and everyone silos up. And I think that what we talked about earlier about getting representation should be more a, a result rather than a cause. So it, it should be the result of an organic growth of people, a revival and saying, you know, it should be when people walk into the church, oh, they have representation, not because they have created it and mm. contrived it, but because it's a natural result of, mm. you know, the, the unity of the body and, mm. and, and the way people feel engaged. Um, and actually, we have all the recipes for that. I know we have, we have such a, so many people from so many different parts of the world so active and so involved. I mean, I do Sunday school and there's so many other, you know, people from different parts of the world there. And so we have a lot of representation and that way we'd get talking, we're gonna do a barbecue in a couple of weeks. So we, you know, that, that kind of how it would progress. Um, I think going forward, you guys, I lead leadership will have to think about it seriously about how, um, and, and the question, I mean, I ultimately will come down to, do you want to do specific outreach? missions and, and, and be quite blunt about it and say this is what we want uh, or it happens organically and we say you know but but people need that hook mm -hmm. and like you said whether it's through through the media through you know the, how, how we reach out to the people around us but showing that there is a, there is you know that representation not everyone can go camping but <laughs> I'm sure we can all enjoy a day out <laughs> I just so grateful to God for what He's done over the past 15 years. Just even just on a Sunday, just looking across the the church in St. Cobb, Welling, it's just a another story entirely, um, and it's just beautiful to see lots of nations represented, people different languages, and and just a. It, it, it mini view of what heaven is going to be like with lots of different faces, colors, tribes, tongues. And it's, it's beautiful to see that there's beautiful diversity and I'm really encouraged by that. And anyone can come into that church and there's, there's a sense of, oh yes, I can, I can belong here. There's people like me here. You don't feel out of place. And yes, it's, it's, it's beautiful and um, I'm, I'm encouraged. And I'm really looking forward to deep unity being built up in that diversity because we've got the basic ingredients now we now need to go deeper and so as a looking forward to the next 15 years longer or if jesus comes before who knows yeah. um yeah just to see us really getting into close friendships and really knitting into each other's lives actually being a testimony to the world that people will come in and say actually these people are not just talking they're actually leaving it out and so that's that's where i'm looking for forward to us going no, I, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the youth team, but I'm really excited for what I can see happening now in the youth. And obviously in 15 years time, they'll be in their 30s and in their late 20s. Um, and across the board, like youth and kids work, kids from all different backgrounds, black and white and Asian, hanging out as friends, genuine friendships, you know, um, after school, not just on a Sunday, at church, at New Day. Um, praying together for, for their issues, going through similar um, things in life, you know, like being a teen and exams and really asking God to help them. So meeting them where they are and just seeing that replicated in the youth and thinking they're going to grow up and be the ones that are taking other roles that people are doing now. And I think people 
sometimes forget youth, but you can actually be encouraged by people younger than you. And they're doing so good on that front of just integrating. If someone new joins, they don't really care where they're from. They hang out at New Day. The, te the tent groups are mixed so that they're all hanging out together. They have different experiences. Some of them don't do packed lunch. They're like, where is the rice? It's not there, but it's fine. It's warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is the food cold <laughs> on every occasion? You know, how, how do you put up a tent? But those conversations yeah. have built friendships because yeah. Yeah. that's what's happened in it's church. Amazing. And I think that's a really good example of, of where we might be in 15 years, seeing other generations in church, understanding what that looks like, sort of give and take. Um, not just one side giving and the other side is like this, but literally walking hand in hand. Um, and it, it's encouraging to see. Awesome. We're not going to wait 15 years. Yes. No. Let's do it now. <laughs> like Let's right be now? a people yes. who who give ourselves to this. Mm. Jesus died, mm. broke down the walls of hostility and the barriers, yes. not so that we could put them back up again, but so mm. that we could be that one new man in Christ. That, that's who we are. Yeah. Doesn't lose our culture, our ethnicity, or our heritage. In mm. fact, it wonderfully adds to it because now we've got this third yes. ethnicity in Christ that who we all are that yes. brings us together. And this is what we long to see. Mm. Guys, thank you so much. Mm. Be wonderful to pray. Yes. To finish. Yes. Yemi, yeah, would you pray for us? Yes. Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you for you're such a big God that you created each one of us so different. Thank you for bringing us together in Christ. Thank you that we are one body and yet we are different. So we just want to give you praise for what you have done in New Community Church over the past years. Thank you for what you have ahead of us in the coming years. We just bring ourselves before you as a body of believers. God, we thank you. We are grateful because you have great plans for us. And we just want to align ourselves with your will. We want to ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us. We cannot build bridges without you. We cannot do this unity and diversity without you, Holy Spirit. You need to help us. And so we are asking you to help us as a body, God, to break down those barriers and to lay down those prejudices and just to come together as one. Lord, help us take those tiny steps, oh God, whether it means I'm um, sitting somewhere different on a Sunday, going to a new community, having those conversations, building those relationships. Holy Spirit, come and help us. Breathe life upon each one of us. Give us direction. Help us to be sheep that hear your voice and want to do what you want us to do, God. Give us a conviction, oh God, that is unshakable, that would just keep us going through tough times, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we want, to, we want the love of Christ to compel us because this is about Jesus and the gospel, God. Help us to, to just love you so much more that nothing will be too difficult for us to lay down or to take up, oh God, for you, God. Lord, you know each, each of our um, hang-ups, oh God, individually. Would you just help us, Holy Spirit, to lay them down and to sort of approach even this new season in the life of our church, oh God, with, with excitement, oh God, because of what you are going to do. So we just submit ourselves to you. We love you because of what you're going to do, and we're excited, oh God, because in a few years' time, we're going to look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for this time, because change has actually happened, oh God. We give you praise, and we honor you, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.